it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. If you're seriously hurt in an accident, you'll want all the money you deserve. That's called justice. But there wouldn't be lawyers if justice was easy. No, justice is not easy. It's fought for and it's won. At Brown and Crouppen, we fight for justice every day. If you want some, call 222-2222. Because at Brown and Crouppen, justice is our business. Wow. Doug, is this Brian McKnight? It's a bang, bang when I was in school, man, middle school. Ooh. What brought this on? I think believe this is the first time it's ever been played on the show. Oh, no. Look at this. Is this you in Madison's song? No. Mm. It's you like good, though. Do you I do. In fact, a lot of times it's okay. Slow dancing and this is prom. Speaking of which. Yeah. Okay. She was great. They were great. All right. We had a situation yesterday. I mean. They were phenomenal. Okay. Jackson did a great job too, by the way. Jackson's good at this. What isn't Jackson good at? Doug, tell me one I, thing I Jackson isn't well, good at. Growing hair until he no, came now he's doing that. Hair restoration. Instinctively wanting to do anal, I think would be the oh, no. so That's a good answer, actually. That was the right answer. Bump and runs have been giving me issues. Oh, no. oh, is that right? Yeah. You have a problem when the hawk's up? I just can't get it low enough. Use a seven really? iron? I can never I do that. It still gets up in the air too much. God. I, I, it scares Jackson's me. golf problems are very fixable. It's a good thing. It's yeah. not like he can't hit the ball far. I saw the video say you're supposed to stand closer to the ball, have your hands a little higher. You tried that? Yeah. It's probably because he's got the face open. Working. I'm telling you, we go in that simulator, your face is going to be like 5.6 degrees open when it comes through. But I, let's let's talk about this here, because I really, this is, I haven't talked to you boys about it. It's unintentional. I actually was looking forward to, to talking about it before the show. So we had a day yesterday, four sound stories. Uh, Anna from, Doug, do you say Colombia? I do, Colombia. Uh, our right first next ever. to Brazil. That's correct. Uh, Venezuela? Do you say Venezuela or Venezuela? Venezuela, Because yeah. when I went to Aruba, you fly over Venezuela and Colombia. And so can I say I've been to South America? Uh, I don't think flying over counts. But what about being in Aruba? Is that South America? Well, if it is, then yeah, you've been to South America. Yes. So is Sidney Ponson. That's where he was from. That's right. He was from. They play a lot of baseball down there. That's right. And he won a World Series ring with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Think about that. We'll talk about more of that in the 9 o'clock hour. So we had uh, Anna do our first ever uh, sound story in Espanol. And I understand she did a wonderful job. The person who did the uh, who she interviewed sent an email and said, you were wonderful. And she, she doesn't even do what we do for a living because so few people can. No. You're born with this kind of talent. Exactly. You, you, can't you saw it. the envy in Ed Herman's eyes. Right. You can't just fire a bunch of questions at somebody without 
you know, really having that Thank in the DNA. Uh, you did one with a gentleman who had, what, seven holes in one? Yes. What in the seven name of the Lord? Yeah. You could be on golf. tour and not have that. Said he built a green in his backyard for years. Uh, mowed it every night. I had one with a wonderful gentleman uh, whose, I guess, his daughter listens to the program and uh, and talked it over with him and his odyssey and his time in Vietnam. And then I'm getting ready to leave here, and then Jackson had one at 1 o'clock. And Jackson goes, yeah, this is a, uh, a younger guest. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, born in 76. I go, born in 76. I wonder if I know him. And he goes, it's a her. And I, and he said, and then he gave the name. And then I looked and I go, oh my God, I do, but I don't know if this is the same person. And then sure enough, she went to, and it was, it was somebody I knew. Really? And what I told Jackson and the Plowhawk, and you could probably see how excited I was. And then, then our market manager, John Kiowski, came walking by, and he too could see how excited I was, but I didn't want to go into the specific details with him as I was with the Plowhawk and Jackson. But the guest that they were interviewing had engaged in light girl-girl activity at my prom in 1994. Oh, did that come up on the sound story? And I, and I, and I enthusiastically shared that with... Uh, with Jackson and the Plowhawk, and uh, and then and, I, and then I, then she came in, and we had a chance to talk. I hadn't seen her probably since then, and uh, and she had her sister with her, and they're just you know, the the questionnaire you fill out when you do a sound story. I mean, it's not like there's a million questions. I think there were like ten questions, but you could tell it was going to be a good interview, like full of life. Really? And they bought. I donated a sound story to a. a, a a classmate of mine who passed away from pancreatic cancer um, to their um, foundation or the golf tournament. And, and this, uh, I can't say classmate of mine, but peer of mine bought it. And I just hadn't seen her in a long time. And, uh, and I saw the questions that she answered. And like one of the questions is you've seen Doug, since you've done, done, you know, at this point, probably like a hundred of these uh, is about spouse, how you met, so the question is spouse, and her response was no, thank you. And I'm like, oh yeah, oh. she's gonna be she's gonna be loaded for bear. Mm. <laughs> Jackson, how did it go? Went great. Super super cool. Very yeah. intelligent, articulate yeah. people who had a lot to say, and uh, those are the best when you can just kind of you know nudge them and they just go. Yeah, I bet that's a good listen. Yeah, it's really 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 good. They were they were very very cool. And so she worked at a strip bar in Los Angeles. Like, yeah, yeah, big, a big-time one that you've probably heard on television before. Heard on television? Like, if you've watched, what? like, Entourage, they mention this place in the show. Really? Yeah. Well, why I'll tell can't you, you just come out and say what yeah. it is? What's I guess your, I probably could. Yeah, what's right? your deal? Okay, I just didn't want to, like, reveal too much. Crazy Girls, the place called Crazy Girls. Oh, I've, heard heard of that. I've heard Crazy Horse. Crazy Girls uh, is often mentioned in Entourage. Really? Mm-hmm. That's where Billy Walsh liked to hang out. What's the name of the one where you can go home with a guy named Jose? That was the <laughs> buggy one. That's, that's, that's in Palm Springs. That's a couple of, a couple hours east. Yeah. Uh, turtle ra- or drama raves about the br- uh, the buffet of Crazy Girls one at one point. So that's why I knew about Crazy Girls. How about the, mm. little dis- I remember going to a stag bar in L.A., I was about to name who I went with, but this person, everybody would know, and they would be horrified if I acknowledged that they were at a stag bar, so I'll leave them out. Um, and it was like a juice bar. 
It sucked. It might have been downtown L.A., but you had to bring your own booze. And I'm like, the stag bars in L.A. are terrible. I don't know. I don't know what the situation. I mean, maybe that was just in that particular area of Los Angeles. I'm sure the lasses were outstanding, but the fact that I like had to bring my own booze was a bit of a, you know. Is that a California thing? I don't know. I mean, I don't know when that would have been. That would have been when the Cardinals played the Dodgers in '04. I guess. I don't know, but I was just like, yeah. Stag bars in L.A., you would think it would be a bit more of a pony. It's probably a way to get around the fact that there was complaints about everyone's drunk there. So shouldn't do it. It'll lead to... Dry sex. humping and yeah, such. Lead to yeah, nobody gets drunk at a stag bar. Problems. To, to be fair, what woman doesn't have a lot to say? Thanks. That's from Steve in Wildwood. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why he's the Malaga well, to kill? yeah, that's some insight right there. That'll do it. Women do tend to talk a lot more than men, just in general. Bring in Ed more often. Ken leaves the room and Plowsy sits quietly while intelligent adults talk. It's oh, so good to listen to. Gosh. Doug, that's from January's Milagro Tequila Listener of the Month, Beer Cats, who's very active. You can compliment Ed without taking a shot at other people on the dais. I didn't leave the Look, room. We I know who these guys there. are. We see them in person. And you guys still want to take shots at us? Come on. I'm sorry you had to hear that. I don't care. I know who it's from. <laughs> It is great to have Ed in, right? And Andy, That's too. great. Oh, man. Uh, it's like my eighth grade teacher is inappropriately grinding on my backside again. Doug, what does that mean? I don't know. Uh, listening to Brian McKnight. Oh, wow. That was like, this was like TMA Jeopardy. I had no idea what it meant. Me neither. I think that's what it meant. Well, wow. How would that have to do but with your eighth grade teacher? Because, well, I, 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 I can't always said that that was my experience, but that is a good grinding song. I think I was in middle school, eighth grade. You said you were in high school high prom, school, yeah. so mm-hmm. sixth, eighth grade sounds about right with those dances. Oh, that song was a bang bang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was song was a bang bang. Oh man, it was. Yeah, Jackson, yeah. just final question. Although I'm spend, I'm sure we'll talk more about it in commercial breaks during sure. the balloon party. Did did the, did the St. Louis University high school prom come up at all? It did not. And um, I would have loved for it to come up organically, but I felt like I would have had to kind of shoehorn it into the discussion. Mm-hmm. I right. Didn't want to do that, but it did not come up. I was hoping it would. She just said, uh, Tim, who you know, haven't seen in a while, I want to know if you've ever been with a girl. Oh. Well, had this been broadcasted for public consumption, maybe, but because this was going to be their family's property and <laughs> yeah. listened to for years down the road. Some questions yeah, are a little awkward. Yeah, I'm going to try to get them worked up. Mm hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't do sound stories, because I'd probably get into the area at some point. It would be nice to have some young... I mean, it's great to have the older people here to tell their life story. That's fantastic. It would also be nice to have more young folks who, you know, have interesting stories to tell as well. That's what somebody just uh, texted in. Angel of the morning after. I think sound story would work great interviewing young people so they can listen years later and play Mm -hmm. for kids. That's one of the things, the kids thing. That's when I first talked to Joe Buck about it, and this was going back to April of 22... He goes, oh, God. He goes, what I wouldn't do to, like, have my daughter's voice. His daughters are now in their 20s. My daughter's voice is with my mom interacting. I go, yeah, that's something that, you know, as we grow it, that to, to bring more younger people in. But I'm not even talking about people in their 30s, 40s. I'm talking about children. And so you can hear, you know, as, as time goes on, annual stories and, and how things change. Essentially like a newspaper of oh, some yeah. capacities for the family's, you know, year. Um so, anyway, but yes, that, that that was great to see somebody. I mean, I didn't realize that it was going to be somebody I knew. I mean, I didn't know her real well, but uh, 
Jackson goes, yeah, this is a younger one, born in 76. And I go, mm-hmm. I wonder if I know her. It would be interesting. Holy crap. Interesting to do kind of an audio version of that picture people take on the first day of school. If you sat down and talked to the kids, you know, for 10, 20 minutes every year on the first day of school instead of just take their picture. Did you ever write a letter to yourself? Did you ever do that in school? No, but I know people do that. And then another thing that people do is write their own eulogies. I've heard heard that that? as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So, like, in school, we would, in, I think it started in fifth grade, you would write a letter yourself. You mm-hmm. know, talk about your life currently, who you have, like, a crush on, what do you want to do when you're older, blah, blah, blah. And so when you graduate, I don't know if it's at graduation or your last week of your senior year, you get that letter. Oh, is that right? Yeah. They give it to you at the end of your eighth grade year. The, the idea is to keep it until you graduate high school, read mm-hmm. it, kind of fun. I still have mine. I may bring it in. Oh, yeah. We'd I like think I shout it. out some people I haven't shouted out yet on this radio program, so I think it'll be good. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I thought that's always a clever, good idea. So when, sure. did, when, did, when did you write it? When? So you write it in fifth grade, and you wow. get it after you graduate eighth grade. Now, the, 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 they want you to wait until you're graduating high school to open it. So you keep the letter in a drawer, or, you know, un, unopened. Most people would open it in eighth grade. I, I save mine for... Fifth grade, you're pretty, you're probably 11 years old, you're still writing some pretty goofy stuff. Yeah, it, but I think that's the point of fun when you look at a high school, how carefree, that, yeah. I think that's kind of the point. I don't think you're looking for knowledge to pull out from your 11-year-old self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I all like the there's a huge spelling. difference between freshman year of high school and by the time you graduate high oh, school. Oh, yeah, God. you don't even recognize some of the kids. Yeah. They I was changed voted, physically, too. I was voted most change in high school. Is that right, the hog growth? I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. Well, you're about but the same was, size now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm talking like change personality-wise. Like I'm kind of like, you know, an introvert, didn't talk yeah. that much, kind of just kind of kept to myself, and then boom, you know, yeah. I blossomed, Doug, sure. into a flower. Well, Tim, didn't, didn't you didn't you enter St. Louis Highway in like '98? You left like 104, 105. That's not fair. That's not you're fair, old. dude. I weighed 100. I weighed 100. You're shorting me essentially 2.1%, and I can't have it because it's obviously value. I wonder what I did, Grant. I probably weighed a buck 20, I bet. I I don't know. I weighed 150. Is that right? Yeah. 150. Skin and bones. Are the kids fat now? Fatter, absolutely. Is that right, really? I mean, I'm not hanging around high schools as much as I'd like. Oh, yeah. You're bigger. Is that right, really? My friend's son, he is now a sophomore in high school. He is 6'3", 250. Yeah. He's really good athletically. I, I'm Amazing sure state champion wrestler and football player. He's 6'3", 250, 15 years old. Yeah. Well, there That's was always wild. some people that were just big, of course. Well, he's a but big I, dude, too. I'm sure you've seen yeah. those before and after pictures of the a beach scene in the 70s where there's 300 people no in the picture, one. not a single fat person there. Everyone's skin, skinny, trim. And now you show it now and you got to block out the faces. Because but it wasn't even so skinny. It was like almost perfect proportion, mm-hmm. like in terms of... Yeah. You know, not working out, but not you're just your average builds. Yeah. Like rarely do you see a bunch of average builds in one place. Mm-hmm. It's the food was different, and the lifestyle was a little bit different too. Lifestyle yeah. too, for sure. Food. And I think lifestyle. Tiger said at the PNC that Charlie, his son, has grown four inches since last year. Oh yeah, you could see the difference in him and uh, Annika Sorenstam's yeah, son in a major way. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he won the state championship at. Uh, four- He's he's a freshman. Yeah. The Benjamin School is the name of the school he goes to down there. And uh, 
and they won state championship, and he's a freshman. And I know people go, well, of course, he's Tiger Woods' son, but still, the, the caliber of golf in and that area. With know. his age, he wants to do it. And I think, like, with having an athlete's son, like, you know, maybe in high school you're just naturally gifted, you've been surrounded, but you lose that. Man, Charlie looks like he loves it even more than his dad. He looks like he's going to be really I saw a video yesterday. He was hitting a drive like 300 yards or something. I don't know. It was a dog league, but still, that was one of the more impressive shots. But but 14 is insane. The Tigers actually talked about it. He said, I don't know if he's going to be as tall as he is. Now, obviously, you look at Roy McIlroy and Justin Thomas and Fowler, you know. I mean, McIlroy and and Fowler are not 5'10". Thomas is probably like a 5'10", 5'11", but he weighs like a buck fifty, so you don't necessarily need. But the prototypical golfer usually is more in the Dustin Johnson, you know, tall, lanky, get into those angles, club head speed build. Um, so I don't know. I but don't there's know. a lot of superstar athletes who kids have not been athletic, kids have not been stars, professionals. And then comes so, with yeah, that pressure. Yeah, just because he's Tiger Woods' son doesn't mean, well, of course. You know, Ted Williams had a son, too. Right. But I think golf, and I think it's why it attracts some of the people that it attracts, so mental. And one of the reasons why Tiger was so good was his mental game, which came from his mom and the uh, the Buddhism and the way he was a killer. I mean, he's a killer. And so, you know, that's why he rarely, if ever, like what, K.J. Choyagi, was that the one, 2009? Other than that, when he had the lead on going into a Sunday, it's just like, it's ceremonial at this point because he knew you were he's just going to like squeeze their necks and, and end it. And I think if he can somehow teach that to his son, whether his son has the absurd physical ability, then that can help him perhaps optimize his game versus a kid whose dad just has a bunch of money and lives in that area and sits on a range all day. You bring up money, and, like, it doesn't always happen to where you spend a lot of money and time on a kid and he turns into be a stud, but, like, having private lessons with the best people, you know, best golf instructors in the world, you're, you're at, you have a private club, you probably oh, have a yeah. simulator. Or it three helps. Of, so, like, that, yeah, <laughs> you're surrounded by it. Mm-hmm. And having that easy of access to practices and range sessions, yeah. and I mean that that's and you see that with like Matt Holiday's kids too. I mean they grew up on a baseball diamond, batting cages have the, the batting basement. cages in the basement, and the dad that was a pro, you know, and yeah. the genetics that go along with it, yeah. You know. But it doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't work for most. Mm-mm. Michael Jordan's kid was a prime example. I remember he went to U of I. One of them, yeah, yeah. Jeffrey, I think it was. And that just, I mean, that that is a no-win situation when you're following your dad. Yeah. And as good as the that. dad might have been, he's still only 50% of the gene pool. It's true. Marcus is marrying Ursa Pippen, though, so he, you know, <laughs> she yeah. babysat him. How weird is that? Uh, Patrick Harrington's take on getting kids into golf is amazing. Find the audio, mm-hmm. plow fella. It's good stuff. I actually saw a clip of it, and what he says... I don't even know how I was talking about this. Um, I got it this week. Oh, you actually have it, really? Yeah, okay. Before before we uh, do that, let me uh, tend to some. Uh, yeah. Doug wants to tell people about nostrils. I know that. That's one thing that yeah. I do know. If you're searching around for uh, you're trying to get Christmas presents all wrapped up, and you're saying, "Wait a minute, I don't have anything for the dog yet." Well, we've got that answer. Nostrils. The holiday season is here now. You've been shopping around. Don't forget your furry friends. Treat them some. Delicious dog treats from Naturals. It's a locally owned family business founded by two dedicated TMA listeners. Support the sponsor listeners who want to provide your dog with top quality treats. 
Nostrils carries a lineup of limited ingredient dental chews, 100% rawhide-free options, and mouth-watering oven-baked cookies. I'm holding in my hand a Nostril right here. Yeah. It looks good enough to bite into right now. Your dog will love them. My dog, Dora, absolutely loves them. Discounted variety packs also available, so your pup can enjoy all flavors delivered right to your door. And here's a treat for our listeners. Use the code TMA at Nostrils.com for an exclusive 15% off, plus free shipping on orders of $30 or more. That's Nautrals.com. I'm going to go ahead and spell Nautrals for you. G-N-A-W-T-U-R-A-L-S.com. That's Nautrals.com. You know what Dora did just yesterday? Stood right at the pantry and kind of whined. I said, what do you want? What do you want? She wanted a Nautrals tree. How about that? Really, I got it out of there, and she goes, that's what I wanted. She got it and walked away with her tail held high. Shop local this holiday season. Gift your dog treats from Nautrals. They will love you for it. Glenn Betts Jewelers, in business in St. Louis since 1941, operated by the third and fourth generation of the Betts family. The Glenn Betts difference is you are served personally, not sold. Glenn Betts Jewelers develops relationships through generations of your family as well. They get to know your likes, your lifestyle, and who and what you love. Those are the three L's. GlennBettsJewelers.com, located one mile east of 270 on Manchester in De Pere. Looking for a beautiful gift for the holiday season? Go to GlennBettsJewelers.com or just visit Craig and David Betts at Manchester in De Pere, one mile east of 270 on Manchester in De Pere. The Betts family passion for serving their customers has been passed down from generation to generation. It's GlennBettsJewelers.com. Wonderful for the holiday season. Jackson, tell the people about Circa. Sure. You're looking to do some wagering, whether it be on the NHL during the week, NBA, college hoops, or maybe the NFL come the weekend, plenty of bowl games coming up towards the end of the month. I suggest the world's largest sports book in Las Vegas, which is now in Illinois, and that's the Circa Sports app. The Circa Sports app is sports betting the way it should be with big app bets, high betting limits, tight money line splits, and the best customer service around. And the best news of all is that the Circus Sports app is available in Illinois. So if you live here in St. Louis, you make the short drive across the river. Or if you already live in Illinois, sign up now. Visit CircusSports.com for more details and get ready to start betting like a pro. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or text ILGAMB to 833-234. Do you want to support the EDF Group as a sponsor of TMA? It's real simple. Do you have a fire extinguisher where you work? The answer is yes, you certainly do. So please email the EDF Group at fire at the edfgroup.com so a technician can come out and explain to your team how the EDF Group can save your company money. Again, that email address is fire at the edfgroup.com. The EDF Group is Hyatt and will prevent your facility from having high fires. Experience the EDF Group difference. Learn more at the edfgroup.com. Plowhawk, do you have that audio yeah. available? Yeah. Doug, here it is. No, Patrick Harrington. I don't necessarily know. Golf's always been easy because I have the facilities at home. So I would say to a lot of people, you think providing these for your kids is, is good, but not really. You know, uh, when it's easy for kids, they just tend not to want to do it. So... Uh, I, I, in hindsight, the best way if you want to get your kid into the game of golf is bring them somewhere where you're not stressed. That's very important. Kids pick up on that. Let them do what they like when they're there. Have a bit of fun. If they want to hit one shot, two shots, ten shots, play in the bunker, look in the water, whatever they want to do, let them do. And generally bring them home before they get tired. So the best thing you can do with a kid early on in golf is say, hey, we, we have to go home. And don't wait till they're tired and hate it. Wait till when they're actually enjoying themselves. Go home. And the last thing I would say, and this has nothing to do with being a competitive player, it's about the love of the game. When you're finished, take 10 minutes to spend with your son or daughter and go and have a Coke, a Pepsi this week. Go and have a Pepsi in the bar 
wherever it is and sit there, have an ice cream and spend 10, 15 minutes. Because if they have that 15 minutes alone time with you, just you and them, for the rest of their life, every time they play golf, they remember the 15 minutes they had with their father or mother. And that's what we keep bringing them back to golf for the next... And remember, these kids will play golf for 90 years. They'll be, my, my, there's a good chance my kids will be playing when they're 100. So, like, it's a long career. And if every time they play golf, it's bringing that happy memory of when they were a kid and they just got a bit of alone time, a bit of quiet time, a bit of big boy time, you know, where they're sitting there in the clubhouse and, and enjoying it. So it, it's very important. Stress-free environment. Don't bring them to the nice country club. That's no use and makes them soft anyway. Bring them out there, <laughs> uh, you know, all the players on tour, I guarantee you, we, we had nothing else to do in our summers. We were thrown out, go to the golf course, and we spent played 45 holes a day, and it was something to do. Having too many options also won't make them want to play golf, you know. So, you know, it's nice when in the summertime that's the kids all go out, they cycle up to the golf course, whatever, and then they just spend the whole day there. That's another way kids will get to love the game. And remember, it's unlikely if your kid gets good at the game that doesn't necessarily make them love the game. If your kid loves the game, it's likely that they'll become good at it. It's the love should be first. And, and it's even That's the, that, that part right insane, there, right? that part, although I love the part about the low stress thing and, mm. you know, but, but th that, that to me, I don't know how it came up. We were talking about it on 101 a week or two ago. Jackson, it was some question you asked. And do you know what it was where I talked about what usually the the ingredients are for these guys who turn into... Yeah, I think I asked about, like, like how many people do you think have that Tom Brady, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan... Right, Tiger, Tiger Woods yeah. type thing. So, so I'm curious what you think, Doug, because you've seen and covered, you know, Hall of Famers. First off, you have genetics. I mean, that's just... Mm -hmm. Can't do anything about that. That's no. the... Then you also have um, the desire to work at it. But what he just said there, that's Patrick Harrington, for those of you just joining us, who's won, I don't know, multiple majors. Uh, if you have the love for it, then you will want to work at it. But the work is not viewed as work because you love it. I saw Joe Buck on his show interviewing Wayne Gretzky, and he asked him something along the lines of how often do you practice when you were a kid? He goes... I guess all the time, but I loved doing it, so I didn't view it as practice. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you're working on something that you love, and then when you get to a point that you are now one of the players who actually can play college or it's hockey, it's juniors, uh, or make a living playing golf, and that's certainly not everybody, even the people who are on the PGA Tour can be tough to make a living playing the game of golf, whatever it is, and then it's like a pyramid. Everybody gets to play, and then as time goes on, only a few people are at the top of that pyramid. And as far as, like, the Bradys and the Kobe's and the Tigers and the Jordans and whoever else you would want to cite, probably Albert Pujols, for whatever reason, you are not satisfied by the hundreds of millions of dollars that you've made. We just heard Ed Herman talking about that in the previous segment. You are consumed with one of either the love of winning or the hatred of of not winning. And that is what then puts those guys in another world. I would say it's probably not a real happy way to live. 
because on the outside looking in, you're viewed as the greatest, but you're never satisfied, which means that there is a, a, a void that actually Ed Herman was talking about. But that void, that desire to either win or to never lose, the hatred of losing is greater than the pleasure of winning is what then drives these people who are already at that level to not stop and not go, oh, hell, you know, I'm Barry Sanders. I never won a Super Bowl. I may have been the greatest running back ever. I could have broken Jim Brown's record or Peyton's record or whatever the hell was Peyton's record. But you know what? I'm good. I just don't. And that's what he had. That's kind of who he was. And if anything, I respect it. But that's, to me, that's like the, the secret sauce in those guys. What do you think? Well, those guys you're talking about at the very top of the sport, some of the greatest who've ever played, that's about all they have left because they've made it. They've made all the money in the world. They've got the fame, the fortune, the accolades. They've got their name in history. Winning and losing is about all they have left. For most people, it's just trying to get there, just trying to make it. That's the big thing. I know it was for me because I, I played with a few guys who did make it, and all I ever wanted to do was just get there. You know, just make it. That, that's the hard part for, for most. For me, when I was a kid, high school, I, I could have played a baseball game every day of my life. Yeah. and loved it. Basketball, too. Today we worry about kids getting burned out. Would have never happened to me. I couldn't think of anything better right. if I had a baseball game every day. But Limited options for you in terms of how... I hate to bring up, like, video game aspect of it and, like, streaming television shit. Like, there's more entertainment indoors than there ever has been, and mm-hmm. it's really hard to get. I grew up outside. I grew up in the middle of nowhere with four channels, so I, I love that aspect of it. But I can see having air conditioning with, you know, a, a PS5 and 250 channels of television with streaming services would be more difficult to go, yeah, let's play three more games of baseball. Like, Well, yeah, maybe. But it's whatever you love. I think that, and that's what I loved. And the people that make it, that's what they love, too. No, nobody makes it to professional sports right. if they don't really love the so sport. So that's, that's why I love that little clip in his yeah, audio. Yeah, you have to love it. But he also said, like, the 15 minutes, like, kind of chill. That's how I fell in love with, like, and I love my dad. I always, you know, kind of grew up wanting to, you know, emulate what he does. So when he would golf, he would let me, like, putt. You know, we'd drive around in the cart and putt. And, like, mm. that little interaction there, you know feel why I loved playing as a kid and certainly took a little hiatus, but love playing now. And I think you always remember those times, especially as a kid. Like, yeah. So, yeah, that, that was that part about, you know, getting a, you know, Coke or whatever and sitting yeah, there and BS and that that yeah. means something. And then, then then the kid associates it with that, which, yep. as we may recall when we were kids, the importance of getting like a, you know, whatever, soda or whatever the hell you want to call it after a game, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, snack is like the reward, so associate it with a good time. But he's exactly right. You're not going to get good at it if you don't love it, but if you love it, there's a good chance you're going to get good at it because the byproduct is you're just playing all the time and therefore you improve, you know? I like the part where he said, don't do it until you get tired. Because I remember my early days in golf, I couldn't wait till it was over. Really? Because everybody was walking back then, and when you're little, walking 9 or 18 holes, and you're not terribly good... It just wears you out. Yeah. It wore me out. At the time that it takes yeah. to get decent, if you don't have your dad or, you know, brother or sister, somebody with you and you're trying to just get good on your own or some mm-hmm. random dude, like, it's going to be tough. you got to have a family member or somebody close to you that has that passion or, yeah. you know, it'd be hard, especially golf. Well, if you're not pretty good in golf, it's exhausting. 
It's not a whole lot of fun. Mentally, it's expensive and it's exhausting. But if you are good, it's great. It's the greatest sport you can play. As long as parents aren't shoving down your throat, I think that's like the major thing. Yeah, that that, and I gather that's, and I don't know because I have I'm still not there yet. But I gather, and I would think golf might be the one where it could be like the worst, just because it's individual. You know, I don't know. I haven't seen any of this stuff yet. I guess I'm getting a little hockey, but I mean, it's, you know, it's five and six year olds. It's, you know, it's a different deal. But, uh, you know, these horror stories I hear about parents and youth sports, not necessarily the kids in youth sports, but yeah. the parents in youth sports. And I get this picture of the golf, like, again, from playing with from some, some guys who played college golf, uh, and they talk about the cheating that went on, not necessarily at the college level, but at high school. And so much of it isn't because the kid necessarily is consumed with it, but because the parent is obsessed with it, <laughs> that they are like, we've got to do whatever we got to do to, you know, drop a ball and, oh, I found it, you know. Oh. It's a little fan and the parents are following the kids around, yeah. helping well, them cheat. Absolutely. That's, some, some names are going to start popping into the text <laughs> inbox now because some are actually known in the St. Louis area. Oh. <laughs> I just couldn't yeah. imagine being a parent and, like, vocally yelling at a an umpire or my own child. I don't have kids, but, like, I, I was a kid. I see it. All my friends, like, have kids. So I, I don't get... Do, do people just not realize how they're acting? Like, five-year-olds? Like you're I, do, I, do wonder, I do wonder about that. Yeah. Because it's, it, it's so noticeable, and some of them are extremely vocal. And I'm and probably like within, like, the next year or two, I guess I'm going to see that. But you're in it. You're gonna yeah. Be in it. yeah. And I'm just curious, like... I saw just a oof. little of it with my kids. Is that right? much. 98% of the fans, parents were fine, supportive, understood that the officials were kids Kids for the most part, too. Most You get an occasional jack wagon out there. But it's happened at high school football so much that they can't yeah. hardly get officials anymore. they got to play on nights other than Friday just to spread the officials around. Now, with youth sport, do you, because maybe it's just a small town, do, do parents have to volunteer for the concession stand? And that's Depends on where thing? you're playing. Depends okay. on where you Some, like Afton, you always had to that was do like that. Oh, yeah. At Kirkwood, you did not have to. <laughs> oh, is that right? Really? Doug, yeah. you loved working the concessions at Afton, didn't you? No, I had a rough time that night. So bad. Rough, rough time. That... We're not here working off prison time. Speak nicer to us. Uh, don't yell at us because we don't know how to use the whole fryer. Oh, you had a fryer? See, like oh, that. yeah, we had, to, we had to cook hot dogs and burgers, and we didn't even know how to use the thing. That should not be. It should be bagged snacks. Pretzel, oh, there was maybe, more to it than that. Maybe a hot dog roller at best. Yeah. You should not be throwing stuff in the fryer as a parent. Well, just don't yell at us. <laughs> I don't like that. We're there to volunteer. Don't yell at us. Oh. You guys had some good snack then if you got a fryer. We bought out of it every year after that. People said, we're not doing that again. Here's a oh, you can buy out of it? Yeah. Yeah. How much do I owe? Well, it's another $100. Here it is, gladly. Okay. <laughs> another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Longo Biggs, they're having a Toys for Tots drive this week, and that is at the office. Uh, and if you could add uh, to their cause, that would be wonderful. Toys for Tots is an annual toy drive put on by the Marine Corps to help give deserving children the magical experience of Christmas that they otherwise wouldn't get. Toys can either be dropped off or shipped to their office. 3828 South Lindbergh Boulevard, Suite 116, St. Louis, Missouri, 63. One, two, seven. If you are injured in a car accident and you need an attorney, you need the best one you can find. If any of my family or friends are ever injured in an accident, I want them to call Doug Biggs and C.D. Longo at Longo Biggs Injury Law. For nearly 10 years, Doug Biggs and C.D. Longo have been recognized as the top 40 under 40 personal injury lawyers by Super Lawyers, the National Academy of Personal Injury Lawyers, and the National Trial Lawyers Association. It's Longo Biggs online at L O N G O B I G G S dot com. That's Longo Biggs.com. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based on advertisements. And think about that. Jackson, tell the people about Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Love work with Mark Hanna, man. For real. Like I know that if I have something major coming up in my life with in terms of my finances, I can get on the phone and talk to Mark Hanna about it. And it's, it's really, a, it's a freeing experience. You know, you know you're not in this alone when it comes to something as important as your financial future. It's one of the most important things in your life. So you need somebody. You don't want somebody. You need somebody you can trust in your corner. And I can tell you firsthand, along with Doug, Producer Joe, and so many of our listeners, that Mark Hanna is exactly that. He makes custom plans for people, not just cookie-cutter plans that someone in your age or salary range would have. That's not what he does. He learns about each individual who he works with, and he really cares and invests his time into your life, and that's why I love working with Mark Hanna. There it is. 314-889-0503, or you can go online at evergreenstl.com. Doug Worson was wacko with some perspective. He said you could always tell who the poor families were because those families never bought out the concession stand duty. (laughs) (laughs) And those kids were ridiculed for being poor. Mm. Those kids usually had the hand-me-down cleats, too. They were losers, thanks to Worson (laughs) Woods. Our parents were not poor. That's why they were so upset by this. They were... One guy was a big-time Anheuser Bush executive. We had a neurosurgeon. He was getting was yelled at. One of the fam- yeah, we were being yelled at because we didn't know how to make pretzel bites. We've never done it before. Don't scold us. I do like the that you could tell who the poor's were, like on and off the field. I don't know about the concession tent thing. In my 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 area, my area, we couldn't buy out. My you, every parent was basically forced at gunpoint. It felt like yeah, to I think do some that. Places probably insist on it because they got to have. That's the big money maker, huge money maker. Oh my gosh! Three dollar uh, popcorns. Carlos Spicewiener says it's a problem. I see it as a coach all the time. What person wants to get paid thirty dollars to be berated by some fat who right. never made it past the JV team, right. living vicariously through their kid? Doug, that's Carlos Spicewiener. Someday he might be in the whole thing. That's usually who's doing the complaining or people that didn't play because they don't get it mm. they don't understand it i hate that it's like would you play eighth grade football yeah come on this is high school everyone should ha- be forced to officiate a game themselves at some point as a parent just, you should just to get a feel for how hard it is 
how difficult it is and impossible it is to make everybody happy. Uh, Brian Henschen, Doug, as you know, he covers the Colts, but he says, I moonlight as a high school sports reporter for my primary job or whatever, but holy ass, parents can be psychotic, truly unhealthy behavior that I guarantee you adversely impacts their kids' mental health, too. Nothing's ever good enough when it comes to awards, constant berating of the officials, coaching from the stands, etc. Definitely not the majority, but a large enough swath that it can ruin it for everyone else. That's from Brian Henschen, Colts Beat reporter. See, I'm not going to name names, but there was a specific family in Canton that took it too seriously. Oh, no. Um, and like, what did that referee think? Who was the name of the referee? Roy Hopper. Well, that's right. <laughs> How did he take that? Roy took hella shrapnel. And then we'd see him every day, every Sunday at church, and he'd be just fine. Really? But we had a family that would, like, after the game, the dad would be, like, it's not berating the coach or the, the re- berating his son for not playing well. Oh, yeah. And so they'd be doing infield drills as kids are getting ready to go get their, you know, McDonald's ice mm-hmm. cream cone or he's – and that killed the kid. Like that, like I think you know, Carlos Jr. wrote a book entire... about that. About oh, is that the, right? About the ride home from, from the ride home, scary, from, man. Yeah, from youth sports. Mm. But how you handle that is an, an important thing. Like he was a hell of an athlete. Played in high school, really good, but he was done after that. He was like, no, I'm done. Yeah. Probably could have played college. I think he was just mentally drained. Roy him. Hopper ever report this guy to Mayor Don? No, Roy Roy Hopper <laughs> was a quick Don. trigger, and I love. Oh, school. you would toss you, Roy oh, Hopper, you're toss you. Gone. Yeah. And he toss would you. see you at the fence mm-hmm. line having a beer or two beyond the field. You're gone. You're out, <laughs> you're out of the whole. Yeah, it's great. I think Roy you have to have that trigger. edge to be an effective official. You can't be passive. You got to come back at them. Like a lot of major league umpires, these are guys who get right in your face and scream. They don't. They don't care at all. They're not the least bit intimidated by someone yelling at and them. And they scream at you, yeah, and they're just right. Like, oh, yeah, they give it right back yet? to you. But yeah, Roy Wade, the quickest trigger I've ever seen. You say anything, come on up. That's a warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably taken all he was going to take at that point. He brought his own mask. I mean, he was decked no. out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Henson says it's fascinating the power parents wield at some schools out here. I've seen quite a few coaches run off because of that shadiness. Oh, yeah. What is that about? Mm, yeah. What is that? Well, if if you're an influential person and you don't like the coach, you know, the coach could be in trouble. Really? That. Yeah. I is this about- like the holdovers, Jackson, with uh... – Very similar. Great film, by the way. I don't know if I said that on this show or yet, um, Balloon Party yesterday. S- Have you seen it? Yeah. And similar to that, same family who take the infield practice would also – in that would also buy the uniforms and practice jerseys, so it would automatically start as well. Oh, he was a good athlete, good but that, yeah. that like, mm-hmm. yeah, he bought the entire uniform with shoes for the entire players. <laughs> you tell me that's not a conflict in a small yeah. town like that. Like, oh, yeah. it's everything. Uh, this is an anecdote from St. Gabriel's, Doug, and you know that's, if anything, considered to kind of be the the model the benchmark. Yeah, uh, per Turvis Parish. Fungo kicked the Magdalene entire class of 2004 coach out of the gym once. It was an all-time moment in grade school officiating. That's from Tervis Perry. They probably had it coming. (laughs) Speaking of the holdovers, I I didn't think that would be a movie that you would like. It's oh, really? really oh. good. <laughs> so why didn't you think I would like it? I did. I don't. I, I don't. I guess I don't know. I guess I didn't know if you liked oh, them. Kind that's of. That, that's exactly the kind of movie. More of a dialogue, God, character-driven. So yeah, I mean, I don't need things blowing up. Paul Giamatti is a killer. It's man. so good. And then Jackson told me the the lead outside of Giamatti, the young actor, was what just went to that school. Yeah. So they that's shoot at, at a private boarding school kind of thing, 
and he was a performing arts guy at that school. I think it's a college, actually. And uh, he auditioned and got the role, so it's his first role. And that is not even really absurd. an actor. Yeah. He killed, like, me and Madison were wary about what, but I love Paul Giamatti. Anything he's in, I'm down. Him and, and Alexander yeah. Payne back together. It was really years. good. The chef, the cook there, mm-hmm. she was fantastic. Mary. Great holiday movie. Great, great holiday great movie. Great Christmas yeah. movie. A major recommendation. Yeah. yeah. The holdovers. Agreed. And then I started watching, this is right up your alley, because I was seeing Jackson sent uh, one of the links this morning where the best sports TV shows of the year and the best sports documentaries of the year. And I haven't watched the Bill Russell one yet. I know Bill Russell, of course, near and dear to the hearts of TMA listeners it's on this really show. Good. Oh, you've watched it? Yeah. I, could, I, I, it, I still I started get a watching that last take. night. But I, I, as a person, I don't know if there are many people as good at Bill Russell. Doug, are you familiar with his St. Louis history? Sure. And mm-hmm. I, I doubt many in the audience are. Uh, what? Uh, he was uh, drafted by the St. Louis Hawks, I think, right. and then traded him to Boston for Ed McCauley, and I think Cliff Hagan came in that deal also. Two really good players at the time, but not an all-time Who won the trade? Russell. Well, the Celtics would probably <laughs> claim to have won that one. McCauley was at the end of his career— Cliff Hagen only had a couple years left with the Hawks, but he was a Hall of Famer too. But yeah, very lopsided over the course of time for sure. But those old school basketball docs, it's amazing the footage you've never seen at with social media now, like that it just released specifically for that documentary. Like, that's pretty cool how you can have some of the footage that they mm. would have at at that stage. St. Louis could have could have had both uh, Bill Russell and Joe Namath had the cards fallen a little bit different because, they, you know, they drafted Joe Namath as well. Who was Barnes? Steve um, Carlton at the uh, same yeah. time. You like that one, though. I didn't care for that oh, at all. Or was that the Spirits? Moving Marvin Barnes? Marvin Barnes. Spirits yeah. of St. Louis. Yeah. Spirits of St. Louis. Yeah. Well, they were only here. Game time's years. on time. Yeah. That's how yeah, I right. God, hey, co- who Shows was it that was Shows us some stories about moving that's, Marvin that's Barnes. It's for game you know, time on time. You know who else we would have had if they hadn't moved is Pete Maravich. He was drafted by the Atlanta Hawks just a couple years and after. And did he have a good career? He had a darn good career. So who won? Did... Atlanta won that one. <laughs> Multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug, uh, Little Beer Cats accepted an award even though he didn't win it at the year-end awards. And Beer Cats says Little Beer Cats is refing grade school basketball games over in Illinois. He and the guy he refed with recently had to get walked out of the gym because a parent of a sixth grader was threatening them. <laughs> ah. Jeez. God. <laughs> I mean, you can't even... What What did the parents get? Like, are they just so emotional they can't control mm-hmm. it? Like, yep. you have to think at the time... I'm probably look like an ass eventually, right? You probably like, don't think that at the time. That's why you're doing it. Man. I couldn't imagine embarrassing myself that much in or front the kid. of like peers, yeah, my son, yeah. And yeah. kids. You have to go to school with all these yeah. kids and now your dad is considered the freak who's half drunk at game getting kicked mm-hmm. out in the third <laughs> inning. Like I could not imagine with social media now like you'd never hear the end of that. I think you have to allow Players, coaches, fans, that initial, oh, yeah. on a horrible play, horrible call. But if it goes beyond that, it's too much. If you're bringing that play up again five minutes later, yeah. Roy Hopper, you're gone. Roy Hopper, yeah. gone. Right. Uh, all right, we got a break. Uh, Make a little bolt response for the studios. The shot, this, Doug, watch this. The sign is shining bright like a diamond. That was tough for me there. Mm-hmm. The sign is shining bright like a diamond. If you're watching on YouTube, 2.6 grams. 
of carbohydrates, 95 calories. Many people getting ready for the holidays. Well, enjoy the holidays with Michelob Ultra Studio Sponsor here on TMA. We have the Design Air Heating and Cooling email today coming your way at 945. Jackson, tell the audience what's coming up on 101 ESPN at 10 o'clock. The program's called Balloon Party, and Doug, we'll deal with it down there. Okay. We'll be fine. I, I only have two should. more balloon parties in 2023, and then I'm done for the year tomorrow at 1059. Jackson, what do we got? Doug Jackson. Oh, Jackson. Bad, Doug Jackson, what do we got? Usually I turn off his mic when we're about to go. Where to is he? He's back. Today uh, will be the little pills. How do you do? <laughs> what does that yeah, mean? I don't know what you. It's pretty self-explanatory. Well, no, what does it mean? Maybe I need to review this before we go in there. How I do got you a lot. do? I got a lot. How do you do, Doug? Well, little I'm fine. People used to say that all the time. How do you do? Instead of how are you, they'd say how do you do. <laughs> Which one do you like more? Uh, how are you? What about how do you do? How do you do? What about howdy? Where you just. No, what about that part? Howdy. Combine yeah, all that and bad. just do one. It's more casual. Yeah. That would be more casual. How do you do? I miss it. So I go to random Little League games and yell like it's a mic drop. That's from Stephen Wildwood. So but he's just going to games to yell at umpires. Yeah, his kid's not kids. even involved. He's still there things. berating the officials. A lot of red flags and a lot of things wrong with that. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll come back with our final hour, even though it'll be like 22 minutes uh, next here on TMA, presented to you by Brown and Crouppen from the McLeod Ultra Studios.